Support for Real Humans by Gina Kaufman comes from the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, presenting A Frame of Mind, a new podcast taking a look at race in America through the lens of the museum's past, present, and future. Available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at nelson-atkins.org. Hey, Kansas City. You're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode... Tell me what's wrong. Nothing's wrong! Sorry, that, uh, that snuck out there. Why a Disney movie is speaking to the grown-ups right now from a distinctly Kansas City point of view. Everyone in the Madrigal family has a magic gift. That's the premise of Disney's holiday season hit, Encanto, with music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Except most people who are playing songs on repeat are grown-ups. I'm guilty. I'm 44. I have a dad friend who listened to the soundtrack in his car for a much-needed cry after dropping off his daughter at school the other day, but you don't have to take our word for it. The soundtrack just landed in the top 10 on the Billboard charts. As we enter the third year of the COVID-19 pandemic, I have several theories about why that might be, but the one I want to talk about concerns a character named Louisa. Of the Madrigal siblings, the very buff Louisa has been given the gift of superhuman strength. We're out the river. Will do. Reset. The donkeys got out again. On it. When someone wants to play the piano, instead of walking over to it, they summon Louisa, who not only brings it to them, but stands piano aloft for the duration of the tune. She doesn't question the absurdity of this request or any other. Whatever anyone asks, and they ask a lot, Louisa obliges, and she makes it all look effortless. But about halfway through the movie... Louisa's eye starts twitching. Dolores said your eye was twitching. And it never twitches. Something's making you nervous. Move, you're going to make me drop a donkey. This unexpected development launches her into a fast-paced dance song, confessing exhaustion and fear. Under the circus, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus. Under the surface, was Hercules ever like yo on a lot of bikes? Throughout the musical number Surface Pressure, giant rocks fall out of the sky, piling up on Louisa's shoulders as the earth cracks beneath her. For a brief interlude, Louisa dares to imagine another way. The weight on her shoulders disappears. She floats up into pink clouds. For the first time in the movie, Louisa smiles. Instead we measure this growing but her reverie is short-lived. More rocks come tumbling down. What can she do but catch them? When this really intense song is over, nearly every time we see Louisa, she's full-on sobbing. She lost her magic. She can't lift anything. And sure, it's a break, a forced break, but technically she could just rest now. Problem is, it's also a profound loss of identity and self-worth. 
Who is she and what is her value if she doesn't carry whatever people want her to? After more than two years interviewing lots of Kansasidians about how the pandemic has disrupted their lives and work, I have come to an unfortunate conclusion. We are all crying Louisas. When our rushing around screeched to a halt in March of 2020, we were frightened and disoriented, but we also looked around and saw what we'd painfully neglected out of necessity for so long. Our families. Ourselves. Hi. I'm doing okay, and um, our team is too. Howard Hanna, chef at the now-closed Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, talked to me in November 2020 about imminent plans to shut the restaurant door behind him for good. Back then, he wasn't grieving his restaurant. He bemoaned what he'd sacrificed for it. Seeing my kids more is cool, <laughs> and um, and I'm reading more, and I'm listening to music more, and like all of that is like really big reminders of how much it took to be Chef Howard Hanna instead of just Howard Hanna. My 30s like went by like that, and like all I did was work. Like the first year the Rieger was open. You know, my my then wife gave gave birth to twins and I only took two days off. And three weeks later, my mother died and I only took two days off. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that anymore. His restaurant's official motto was beautiful food for the people. Howard etched the phrase into the wall over the window that kitchen staff used to pass plates of food to servers in the dining room. From his home over Zoom, Howard acknowledged that he hadn't been expansive enough in his thinking about the people. He'd been focused on the customers. I should have been thinking more about us. We're the people. The sentiment is one I've heard a lot. Pollo, a beloved local restaurant with a mom-and-pop feel and a cult following in the crossroads, closed early in the pandemic. Customers were crushed. But Chef Carlos Mortera had mixed feelings. He missed the food a lot. But saying goodbye to the grueling workload had honestly been a relief. I don't want to work 16, 18-hour days anymore. And I'm trying to see my daughter every day. He's opened a new location. I call it Pollo 2.0. It's a slick drive through in KCK. Pollo has been selected as a vendor at the new KCI airport. And Carlos welcomed a second baby into his family just this week. That is a lot to juggle without putting in longer days, the longer days he'd hoped to avoid. So the question now for Carlos and the rest of us is, how do we make good on all those promises we made to ourselves? Despite a lot of talk about rethinking and reimagining early in the pandemic, there's been disappointingly little change to the systems we're beholden to. Meanwhile, the pressures we endure keep growing, along with the cost of groceries and gas, with the rising numbers of COVID cases and decreasing hospital beds. Uncertainty now hovers like a cartoon rain cloud over plans of all kinds. The pandemic isn't over, after all, the only things that have ended our flexibility and accommodation. Amanda Finley, a COVID long hauler I interviewed in October, has been struggling with the practical ramifications of living life differently. Before the pandemic hit and she got sick, she'd made a living through gig work, delivering groceries. As her illness dragged on, Amanda couldn't work, and she lost her home. 
Although some of her symptoms persist, she's recovered enough of her energy to cobble together a living somehow, but she doesn't think it makes real sense to return to the way she once operated. It wasn't working to begin with. It just wasn't. And I just, I felt like I wasn't living. Before, all I would do is I would come home, go straight to bed, wake up, go straight to work. Amanda describes the advocacy that she does now, often from a tent, as screaming. She spends as much time as she can online, reminding people that long haulers are still out there needing support. We are literally dying um, because we can't afford to live. This is unacceptable. Advocacy gives Amanda purpose. She's not willing to give that up. The cost is homelessness. I can't help but find it strangely perverse that so many people end up duty-bound to busy work that distracts them not only from the joy and relaxation Louisa sings about, but also from the real work, the jobs they feel called to do. With the seriousness of the challenges we now face, climate change, white supremacy, hunger, collapsing healthcare and education systems, it's crucial to define what we are and aren't giving our energy. We can't take on everything. Of course that makes us cry. I'm crying too. As normalcy returns in the form of behavior, if not case numbers, I struggle to give myself grace because that's not the trait I've spent my life cultivating. Achievement and responsibility have long defined me. Before the pandemic, I always delivered. I didn't like it, but I took pride in it. I knew my worth. The pandemic changed me. With only so much to give the outside world, I had to make choices. I said no a lot more. And now that I technically could go back to how I did things before, I'm trying to keep choosing me. Here's my warning. It's hard. I haven't stopped short of my absolute limit for at least 30 years. Probably longer. Definitely longer. It feels wrong. Louisa's plight is real. Her lyrics could be mine. Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. In a culture that worships work ethic, that defines people by profession, letting go of misplaced ambition is hard. The self-questioning is constant. Is this okay? Yes. What should I be doing with this newfound freedom? Doesn't matter. Will people be disappointed? Maybe so. What happens to me then? That's the million-dollar question. So I think the Dalai Lama must be on to something with his advice. Judge your success by what you had to give up in order to get it. So where does that leave us? Encanto is open-ended on the matter, except Louisa can't do less until people stop expecting so much of her. And that won't happen until she admits she has limits. In real life, even that is no guarantee. As for me, it's a new year. I ended 2021 in an acupuncture session where my stress points were bleeding and my hands were in fists, which is just to say, I don't have it figured out either. I do have a resolution for 2022, but it's not to do more. It's not to do better. It is not to try harder. I could rattle off a long list of good intentions unfulfilled, some of them quite basic and embarrassing, like regular hairbrushing, but shame is not on my resolution list either. My resolution is to find more ease. It's to stop trying so hard. 
without measuring myself by the weight I take from others. Who knows who I'll be? I am both scared and excited to meet her. That's it. Thanks for listening. Real Humans is based on a column I write for KCUR.org. It comes out every Sunday. Gabe Rosenberg is the editor, and Mackenzie Martin produces the podcast with music from Blue Dot Sessions. You can subscribe in all the usual places, and you can chat me up on Twitter. I'm at Gina KCUR. Next week, a woman from Kansas history has lessons on getting real mad. <laughs>